Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Thanks for being here. A little bit different episode than what I would normally feature here on the Field Trip. Usually I like to take a topic and do a deep dive on it with a guest, and that's kind of what I did this week, but kind of not at the same time because I sit down with my friend Nick Lydorf. He's a comedian from Lansing, Michigan, but aside from being a comedian, he's also a lawyer, and I thought it was important to sit down and have this type of conversation given our current climate because what I talked to Nick about is you know every day you see a video of somebody being filmed maybe you have filmed a video uh, an interaction or a fight with somebody or maybe an interaction with the cops and you know maybe you, the cops will say hey you can't film here you shouldn't film there's a new law or you know I, I'm going to need you to step out of the car I'm going to need to get in your house and I'm always like what should you do in that situation and for the most part, I kind of know some of those answers, but it's also nice to get clarification. So that's where Nick came in, and we just had a conversation about that kind of stuff. Um, and he kind of does the same thing on his own podcast. It's called Free Consultation, where listeners will write in and ask him questions. He'll find questions online. He'll answer them, and he's going to make them funny on top of that, too. Uh, and you can also find him on um, YouTube. He does the video version of that podcasts as well, or shorter segments rather, uh, youtube.com slash Nick Lydorf. It's L-E-Y-D-O-R-F. So that's the conversation with Nick today. If you've ever had any of these questions about legal stuff with, uh, you know, with, with people and the cops and can I film, can I not film? Hopefully Nick will answer all that in this episode. And also I just want to point out that this was my first episode recording with Zoom. Uh, there's a learning curve because I've already fixed some of the problems. The audio is not the best on Zoom, and I went back and tried to clean it up as best I can. So my apologies if it doesn't sound 100% uh, the best, but I, I, I tried my best, so please don't get mad at me. But uh, please excuse that, and I'll hopefully I'll have that fixed uh, in the coming episodes and in the coming weeks. So I'll just stop uh, with the jibber-jabber. That's enough of me. Let's talk with Nick here on the field trip. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Are you? Do you know this lady back here in the accident, or? I don't answer questions. Okay. Well, have a nice day, sir. All right. Thank you. Who was the gentleman who was standing here? I don't answer questions. Is there a reason why? I don't answer questions. Okay. Do you have a nice day? You too. Hey, but uh, my guest today is Nick Lydorf. Hey. Thanks, man. I really uh, appreciate you having me. Thanks for being on. Now, yeah. you and I, you're a comedian and you're a lawyer. Yep. Um, so that's how I met you was, uh, you know, we went to law school together. And, right. Uh, <laughs> law school buddies every Thursday night. That's yeah. right, man. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we uh, I, did we first meet uh, at that show in Flint, Michigan? We at did. That, it yeah. was like that city market. It was like Correct. an indoor thing, but it felt very outdoor in front it, of like it, a wine store. That is exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Which, that yeah. was a really good show. Yeah, it, it was. Like, it's one of those ones where you walk into it and you're like, there's no way this is going to work. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is like, uh, you know, you're, you're the delicate balance of like the ceilings are 150 feet high yeah. and uh, there's no lighting. But it was everyone, you know, had a good time. It was, yeah. It was that, yeah, that city marketplace type thing where, like, literally our backdrop was, like, a wine store right. with a, just a 
a plate glass window probably 30 feet long of just different wine. Yeah. So it was not the ideal setup for the show, but one of those that when you do it, you're like, man, this was so much, but this has gone better than shows that should have gone well. <laughs> exactly. I know that was, that was wild. And then, um, I don't know if we, I did after that, I'd like about a, uh, eight months or a year after that, I, we were in, um, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, probably the funniest thing that, I will always remember in comedy is uh, I, I was hosting that weekend and you um, for the first time I, I brought you on and uh, you, you said like you brought it came in really close to me and you was like you're like thanks motherfucker <laughs> it made me giggle so much I laughed for the whole weekend the ride home I still laugh at that because it was so unexpected and I just lost it it was so much fun it was so funny that's one of my favorite, like, because only you, only yeah. me and the host are going to think that's funny. Nobody knows. Oh, great. And, yeah. Like, and, you know, just that motherfucker is just funny in general, but then to just be like, thanks, mother, like, it's just really funny to me. It's so or fun. sometimes I will say, uh, the other thing I say is I'll shake somebody's hand and say, follow that motherfucker. And what? <laughs> I'm the one being brought on, so it doesn't right. it make right. No it doesn't make. <laughs> like, so great. When I walk off stage, the host will come back on, and I'll say that, and the, like they've already done a set. There's no reason. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> just those little games that you play with yourself and other people are right. so fun. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, where are you in Lansing, Michigan? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. I'm. Um, I'm from about 45 minutes north of here, but yeah, I, I live in Lansing now, in East Lansing, and then I work in Lansing. So yeah, okay. I'm just in my office right now. So yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, this is just the video version, but you have uh, the rows of books behind you, like every uh, TV lawyer I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I also have like a, a baseball bat because I'm a heavy hitter. Uh, back here, back here, back and here. you've been uh, standing at a profile this whole time. I have. Because uh, yep. you mean business. <laughs> do, you, yep. do you have the, uh, I don't know if you want to get into this because they could be your colleagues, but do you have a favorite TV lawyer? Oh, man. Um, they're... I mean, they're the Bernsteins in uh, in in Michigan. I don't know mm-hmm. who you have in Indiana, but like, um, like we they're they're like the law family uh, in Michigan, mm-hmm. and like it's just you've I grew up with these commercials, and it's just yeah. like you know Sam Bernstein. The dude's like eighty years old, just like the richest man probably in Michigan. He's so rich and it's uh, the Bernstein advantage. That's the, that's, that's the, okay. uh, we wrote the book on Michigan, no fault law. Like it's just, it's yeah. Call 1-800 call Sam. I mean, that, Isn't that's that so weird how like you can see those commercials over and over and yeah. then you know the number and this is a free advertisement by the way for like, <laughs> family, yeah, call, call them. Uh, are they the types that and maybe i'll I'll see if i can find one of their commercials and plug it in uh on the <laughs> show but are they the type like the over the top type family see, are they pretty they play pretty straight they play it pretty straight and that's why you can't really like hate on them you know because they seem like really nice people and like the one of the sons um he's now a supreme court justice in michigan now oh um, yeah so yeah he's like a, i mean a solid dude and like um 
they seem pretty good. But there are some, you know, uh, Jeffrey Figer is one. I don't know if you know, that's maybe probably just a Michigan thing, Jeffrey Figer, which is like, uh, is this crazy, like, person, like a, a Donald Trump kind of character. Like, he has his crazy hair, wears a suit. Um, it's just like he's the he's the dog like you know it's always these like low lighting like dark night kind of like commercials where he saves you you know from like some corporation that's wronged you that's it's just over the top and it sucks i love the i love any kind of lawyer that has uh, either given himself most likely or somebody's given him a nickname <laughs> right 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 yeah there, there one of my friends in, in louisville he would always send me um uh, pictures of this dude. It's, it's like he was the heavy hitter. Like it was a okay, picture of yeah. some dude with a baseball bat, and like it was like this is great. One, um, one of the ones I've seen is uh, Daryl Isaacs. I've seen that. Yeah, and Wait. he's the he's the hammer. I think Daryl yes! Isaacs the hammer. That's right. I've seen that one. And, or I always when you see on like the interstate or just a commercial in general, and like for some reason the guy is standing on top of a semi truck you know like for no reason right he'll own those you know those truckers for veering yeah. your lane or something there's like one this one dude that's like the motorcycle lawyer so he's like in his on his harley and his leathers and everything and like mm-hmm. he's like i'm just like you you know <laughs> like there's no way that guy's just like that no. No, <laughs> yeah dude is yeah. super rich uh <laughs> yeah. There, yeah there's some local ones here um and in Indianapolis, but then I, it's weird. It's weird. I've done like some personal videos for people and they'll be lawyers. So I, they'll be like, I'm from Denver. Yeah. So like I'll Google the Denver, Denver, like <laughs> lawyer, and then like try to work in those personal oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, injury lawyer. Cause that it's so, it's like a phenomenon. Like I'm a big uh, horror fan. And usually that like back in the day, they would have a local horror host so oh. in Indianapolis is a guy named Sammy Terry. Okay. And he'll like like they they these TV stations would buy like a catalog of movies and they're like, "All right, this is a 90-minute movie. We need it to stretch to to 2 hours." Oh, okay. Bring in Sammy Terry. He'll do some stuff in between. So that, that to me those are like these lo- local lawyers where they're kind of like the the local horror host cuz it's regional. <laughs> Yeah. Is there like a lawyer that's known nationally besides, you know, like, uh, I don't, I guess a Johnny Cochran and that's been, yeah. that's been so long. I know. I don't like it. Oh, um, I mean, no, other than like personalities on TV, like, I don't think there's like practicing lawyers that I yeah. can really say. Oh, they're all like, you know, they've moved to Regional CNN or type. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't really think, I mean, Rudy Giuliani, that's about it. Uh, yeah, that's like true. <laughs> America's lawyer, I think is how they referred to him. Um, I've uh, also referred to him as the mayor of 9-11, but. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Actually, Michael Cohen went to um, the law school in Lansing. Uh, okay. Fun fact. <laughs> in 92, 93, I think is when he graduated. So. Where did you go to law school? I went to two law schools. I went to one um, in uh, – I went to University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida, and um, that place sucked. I did not like Miami at all. And uh, so I – after a year, my wife um, got to, got into um, Johns Hopkins University, a part of one of their schools in, in Baltimore. And um, so then I moved from um, – 
Miami to Baltimore to go to school with her. And um, then I went to Catholic University in, in Washington, D.C., which no one has ever heard of. Uh, it's called Catholic University? It's, it's called the Catholic University of America Columbus School of Law. So two great entities getting together. Yes. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what greater uh, two... Um, powerhouses <laughs> of North America could get together and teach law. But, um, are there like schools known for like just being really like, like if you got your degree from that school that nobody, nobody believes yeah. you that you're well, a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, like there's one school, the one that Michael Cohen went to is, is uh, Cooley law school and mm -hmm. they are, um, they're notorious for like letting everyone in. Like you can pretty oh, much, okay. as long as you have like a heartbeat, you can get into this law school. <laughs> like, um, but then they have also have like a high failure rate. So if, if you like don't cut it, like, you know, end of your first or second semester, they're like, you you know, you're done. And then you just got like this huge bill. Uh, for, so for they're, law yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, come on in. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Good let, luck. at least get a semester or two out of you. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's like a you know a lawyer mill kind of a thing. But um, I but know some good. I know stop some these lawyer mills. <laughs> it's inhumane treatment of, of <laughs> lawyers. Uh, <laughs> it's a rescue. I also have a lawyer rescues too, which is. Uh, <laughs> this is my lawyer. Uh, he's a. We adopted him. <laughs> <laughs> who adopted who? Right. I don't know. Who, who don't, saved you? <laughs> He did because I would be in jail right now if he didn't help me. But um, right, did, were you were you doing comedy at the time too? No, I um I started doing comedy uh kind of late, like when I was, when I was thirty two is when I started. So it was mm -hmm. like eight years ago, um, and I started doing it like when my son was like four months old. So that not a great time looking back on it perfect nice. time to be leaving the house at 8 yeah. p.m on a tuesday yeah it's a real cats in the cradle kind of a kind of, kind of, <laughs> kind of a thing um but you know he, he he uh he actually did stand up um at a summer camp that he was at last year it was mm -hmm. it was pretty good he, i don't really like I don't like, didn't like encourage, I'm not like a, uh, a stand-up comedy dad. I'm not like encouraging him to do it, but he just, he did it. And it was, I was like, whoa, this is, this, this is fun to watch. And I cried, but um, it what was. What were his <laughs> jokes? So he came up with this one. I, I told, based on this joke that I told him that my dad told me. So he re-engineered it on his own. I have no idea because I, people don't believe that I didn't give him this joke, but so the joke was, is a guy walks into a bar, uh, with a uh, scorpion in his pants and the bartender says, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, the scorpion says, well, yeah, you should see the view from in here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of, it's based on a joke that my dad taught me about how a guy walks into a bar with a frog on his head mm -hmm. and like that. And then, the bartender that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And, and the guy says, well, yeah, would you believe it uh, started as a ward on my ass? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> so like, he, I don't know. Your yeah. son's joke could be like just a regular joke. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I don't know. And then he, the other one he said was, uh, um, how do, how do cats go down the highway? It was just a street joke, like meow or uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one that I liked was, I think he stole that one. Uh, I think he stole this one too, which was, um, why why can't dinosaurs talk? Because they're all dead. 
that okay, was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for your first set as what probably yeah. I don't know how old he was at the time, but yeah, not bad. Seven. It wasn't bad. Two things though, he wore shorts on stage, which nope. big no no, big no no. <laughs> uh, and he didn't move the mic stand, which you know. Okay. Yeah, he was a timeout for about a week after was, that. I really... Was he nervous? He was like before he um he was like all cocky and everything. He was like, oh, I'm gonna be fine or whatever. And then we get to do it. He's like, this is not. I'm not doing this. Because <laughs> there were like 50 people there, and um all these kids were. Uh, there's a lot of interpretive dance in this town show. <laughs> there's a lot of like, like uh, people dancing to Frozen uh, and like other Disney <laughs> movie movie songs. And then he just gets up and does stand up, and he did really well. Um, but yeah, before he was like, which is kind of like how I am before every show too. Is like I, I'm like get there. I'm like this is great. And then like five minutes before, I'm like I'm just gonna go. I don't want to do this. It. <laughs> it's too late to back out. So uh, what? Remind me again, where did you yeah. start? You started when you were 32. Doing 32. And how long have you been doing law at that time? Um, So that would have been, let's see. So 2006 to, um, so you had about, what, almost 10 years maybe? Okay. Um, yeah, eight, 10 years. Yeah, eight or 10 why? years. I was going to ask you why, because, you know, yeah. I, it's not every comedian or every lawyer but why are there so many comedians that are lawyers and vice versa why do you think I, that is i think it's um i think some people especially me i, I know from from my point of view it's like it's a it's something that had, had to do over i probably wouldn't do it again um as and, far as law or comedy you know being no i would definitely do comedy again but like mm -hmm. doing law there's no way i would do that again it's just like it's such a meat grinder of um just work and school and all this kind of stuff so I, I think i just felt like i got trapped in it and like i just like i need something creative like both of my parents none of my family was lawyers at all like mm -hmm. And no one, like my dad was an art teacher. My mom was a graphic designer. Like that doesn't add up to a criminal defense lawyer. That yeah, it's like, I can see comedy for you, but not yeah, law. Right. And, and they were just, I guess, too nice. And they never talked me out of like, do you really want to do this? And, um, <laughs> so that I, nobody, no parents have ever been like, are you sure you want to go to law school? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things where I just, I just kind of was on this path and I just did it. And then after so many years, I'm like, I need to find something that I can enjoy doing. And then one of my friends just signed me up for like a competition thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like over two weeks and, um, I had like one or two people that came and I ended up making it to the next round. And then, um, that was like a, a week or so later and I came back and, and I got, I came in second, um, to a guy that um, lip synced a Men at Work song, <laughs> so okay. he, he won. He won that. Uh, and, and funny enough, Rob Jenkins was um, we. It was like one of his first shows, and it was my first show. But we didn't know each other at the time. Well, so. and to clarify, Rob is another yeah. Lansing or East Lansing comic, and I don't. I know yep. him. I don't know him well, but he's also a lawyer too. Yeah. Yep. He is. Uh, Greg Giraldo. Uh, I probably for me the most famous lawyer comedian i'm sure there are other ones but yep. um jl covan if you're familiar with that guy he's yeah i'm you know i retweet him on my twitter he's got a great trump impression 
yep. uh, my friend Sally Brooks in Atlanta. I don't know that she practices anymore, but do you, th- you know, do you, th- why do you think that there's a, such a correlation? To me, I would say, is it, do you, you know, you take, you have to take a premise and defend it in yeah. court. So th- that's kind of what comedy is. You build a case right. for why this is funny. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I think it's, there's a good crossover and it also like, um, you know, being a litigator, litigator, like I'm in court a lot and stuff. So it's, it's, um, it's easier for me, I think, to adapt to something like stand up because I was, I've, I've been in front of people a lot. Like I'm still terrified every time I do it, but like, it's easier to like, um, be able to go up in front of a bunch of people. Um, and it's nice to be able to go in front of a bunch of people and, and say things that I believe in more. Right. <laughs> but yeah. that, like, that, like my client who I have to like come up with something <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like, he's a good guy. Like, but he's, you know, he's not really, but, um, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's just a, it's a good crossover of like, like you said, like having to, to bend a point, being able to like to write stuff, uh, you know, write is, is something that I really enjoy doing that I think is, um, you know, um, I don't have any problem sitting down and trying to write, you know, mm-hmm. things. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it was like a real, it was like a creative outlet, I think for me. And then once I did it, I was just like, Oh, wow. I really, really want to do this as much <laughs> much as possible yeah, yeah. Got, then you get the bug and then you know for sure and it's well and for me it's great to have uh an escape from whatever the you know quote life is as far as whatever yeah. your job is yeah um and forever that was comedy for me and now i you know i do other things besides comedy too because then then like comedy is quote uh, yeah, yeah. life type thing right um but I'm, you know, make no mistake. I'm very lucky to get to do stand up. You know, we all are as yeah. a as a job. But um, what have what have you noticed, like, from a from a comedian aspect? What have you taken from being a lawyer and added it anything to to your comedy? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I um, I kind of made a decision. I used to have a, I used to go on stage with a stage name. So I used to like, cause I was afraid like about like maybe I won't get cases or anything like that. It was the heavy hitter. It was actually, it was really stupid. It was uh Franklin mint. Uh, do that you remember the, name? Uh, that was the, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think you should go by that <laughs> for, for law and comedy. Well, that, yeah. That, that, uh, maybe I should do that. I'm going to write it, make a note to change my business cards tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Vista Prince yeah. already sent you 10 emails. <laughs> do you, I don't, do you remember like it, that kind of shows how old I am, but do you remember like, like the Franklin mints? Do you know that? I know, I know that, that okay. term, but just to All me, right. that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Explain it to people. Well, yeah, so I it. think the Franklin, the Franklin mint is like this thing I used to see when I was on, on like, um, afternoon TV shows. Like when I get home and it would be like, you'd sell like, uh, like a plate with like a civil war or something or something yeah. on it. And and then they just went away. But I was like, what, you know, Franklin mints, but I, I don't it's know. Like, I like those commercials that remember when they have like, we had the 50 States quarters were new. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah. Or like it's a commemorative coin. I'm. Sh- I don't. Uh, I don't really have regular TV anymore. But I'm sure there's a Trump yeah. coin where it's like yeah. this is a, you know, limited print from the 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 mint, and it's worth you know it's a dollar coin, but you could have it for fifty dollars. Whether they're selling yeah. you money for more than it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Call now, and you'll also get like a a, a Mike Pence uh, <laughs> like towel or something. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of knee pads. 
so you went up as Franklin Mint. Then. I did. I did. Um, and and how, then, how was that? Did people think that was funny? <laughs> I, I think it was either it would, it would kind of always it wouldn't always hit, but it wouldn't miss. It's like some people would kind of like, oh, OK, that's funny. But and, yeah. and if people just didn't get it, like young, younger comedians are like, oh, like, you know, Franklin Mint, that's cool. And then they just didn't even know that it was yeah. thick. And then, and then to this day, I still run into people, like uh, people I haven't seen in a while. And they're like, your name's not Franklin Mint. I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. What was, the, what was the choice to change it to your real name? Oh, um, I just, at some point, I just decided I don't give a shit about my day job anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just wanted to get, I think maybe it, you know, psychologically, if you sit down and try and dissect it, it's like maybe I try and and do stand up and talk about being a lawyer, so that at some point the bar association's like, look, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> you have to pick one, and then I have to pick comedy, because uh, I, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, you asked if I was if I talk about, um, you know, talking about being a lawyer. Yeah, I definitely do, and like, I just kind of change the you know i don't talk about names and yeah it's like watching a show the names have changed exactly (laughs) yeah to to protect the guilty uh, at this point (laughs) but but um yeah so i just try and talk about as much much as i can because it's just so wild there's just so many Mm -hmm. wild things um that you'll run into and how you um you're just confronted with this this crazy stuff all the time. It's 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 nuts. And I, w- uh, I wanted to get into that part, but that on yeah. the flip side, I w- how, how has comedy helped you be a lawyer? Oh, have you yeah. have you been able to be funny and a you know I don't know I don't know all the terms, but you know in court. right yeah like um at, like at, at first I was kind of always I needed to keep these two worlds separate. You know, but then it's like it's become a, a, a Costanza moment where like the worlds are colliding. Where and I think it's made me a better lawyer because I can, um, you know, if if people are scared, or like if you're, you know, if you're going to court, and a lot of times I, when I was going to court a lot, it would be for like the criminal cases, and people are you know nervous and all kinds of stuff. So I would kind of figure out a way to joke around with them, and I think that really helped me. Um, because it would kind of put them at ease and, and uh, made it easier when they were going to jail. They could be like, hey, my lawyer was really funny. Uh, <laughs> at least I got uh, a chuckle before, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, have you used like, because, you know, just improv in general, they'll like bring a business to, to go take an improv class just for team building and confidence yeah. building. Has that helped you as far as being able to think on your feet type stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, oh, uh, sometimes when um, at the beginning of a trial, you um, a lot of things with trials are scripted, um, you know, by lawyers on purpose because you don't you always want to be prepared and you want to come across like very, um, you know, prepared and like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like sometimes, what's really helped with comedy is like when you're picking a jury. So like, I don't know if you've ever been on a jury before, but like the lawyers get to ask you questions um, at the beginning and like you get to interact like one-on-one with people. And sometimes they'll just give you some pretty good lines and you, you know, you have to tame it down a little bit, but like you, you can get away with a lot because a judge isn't going to really shut you down if it's, you know, kind of funny because he doesn't want to come across like a jerk or she come across like a jerk. But yeah, that, that that's kind of one of them. Those parts is, and then also if, if you're interviewing or not, you're, you're, you know, like cross-examining a, a cop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's fun to kind of like, um, they think that you're going to be a certain way. And then I'll come in 
um, be a totally different, you know, just very amiable, you know, amiable and, and laughable with them. And, and you can kind of get a lot more, um, out of somebody and if they don't think you're going to be a dick and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, um, put them at ease. Yeah, it does. And you'd be, I mean, surprised like when you can connect with somebody like that in a courtroom and then it's just like you two having a conversation and it's not like a whole courtroom full of people and you can really get people to open up about, certain things That's um, most law and order episodes where i'm like yeah. this guy shouldn't even crack and then vincent d'onofrio's like yeah. and then tell me about that and then he's like yeah i murdered him yeah <laughs> yep yeah that's that's sometimes you get stuff like that it's um it's interesting that's kind of one of the unexpected things about it that you have to be able to roll with it um because if you're completely on script like you may miss those things um so yeah that that is one thing that uh, just being in the moment, like with comedy too, like, you know, if you're, um, when I first started, I mean, probably everyone too, like, you're just so focused on your routine that like, you may miss something that's going on, like someone did something in the crowd or like, you know, but, and you can kind of carry that over in the courtroom too, where like, you're, you're picking up on different things. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's taught me to really be in the moment. And I think that you can really be successful. A lot of things, if you, if you can kind of, take a deep breath and and center yourself and just kind of be in that you know that time well and i th i think you know being in the moment it for for years i was very stick to the script because the stage time was so precious yeah, and it still is sure. um but also the, you, there's a reason you're there you've prepared some things that you would like to talk about yeah right right but you know whatever happens in the room if somebody drops a tray of drinks or somebody yells something out yeah it's a it's kind of a chance once you get comfortable to showcase your personality which is yep. what the audience wants they want to get to know you anyway yeah um and then you can always pivot back to the material so yeah that, that that's a good point because i think sorry i didn't mean to interview but like oh, that's a really good point too like um part of you know both being a lawyer and being and doing stand-up is like if people if you can win people over in like a very short period of time you can go places that other people can't that, that aren't, um, you know, that aren't as likable. You know what I mean? I don't mean to say like you're selling your, you know, you're selling something, but you kind of are, you're kind of selling like, here's who I am. I'm, I'm funny. I'm a, you know, uh, pay attention to what I'm saying kind of a thing. And it's if people like you, Carnegie type, yeah, how to win friends and influence people, yeah, which is anybody yeah. should read that book. And yeah, I haven't it read is. it in a few years, but just, you know, to learn to listen to people like I haven't when I could just cut you off, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of, like, it's like you, if you yeah. can kind of disarm people. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> That's the, I, you said that more eloquently than I did. That was the, <laughs> the, the, actually, yeah. Disarm, being able to disarm somebody with humor or, you know, just, um, sometimes like, you know, in court, if you share, you know, a story about yourself. Like, it, you know, when you're asking, like, you know, sometimes I find it really um, helpful if you just, and kind of the same thing with stand up too. If you just talk honestly about who you are, it makes people at ease because it's, they always, they're probably feeling like, oh, even with stand up too, it's like, oh, this is a really stressful kind of situation. But if you can find a way, any kind of way to connect with people, it just, you kind of feel that lighten in the room, you know, sometimes where you can kind of, um, you know, you felt like you've kind of won them over and you might be able to try, you know, 
try some joke and, and, and take advantage of the, of the good credit that you've built with them, you know? Yeah. There, there are certain jokes where I'm like, this is definitely not an opener. Yeah. But if I can get you to like me 15 minutes in, then I can yeah. do that joke. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot with being in the moment. Sometimes what you say in the moment is not really that funny, Right. but it was right time, right place. Then after you try to replicate it later to see if you can get that same laugh and it just doesn't work. Right. Right. Um, but so what kind of law did you start out? And I don't know if you've since yeah. switched, but tell me about that. Cause so, when I, whenever I hear a lawyer, I'm like, Oh, that guy's a lawyer. He knows that's just a lawyer. And then yeah, yeah. find out oh, like, yeah, no, yeah. it's corporate law or what, whatever it is. So go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So I, um, I started doing criminal defense and it was not by choice. Uh, I, um, I, after when I was in, in law school in, in DC, um, my dad actually died. So thanks for bringing that up. I remember that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, and I'm an only child too. So like, it was really hard for my mom. So I, I built like all these connections and stuff in, in Washington, DC and Baltimore. And then I just felt like, man, I don't, my mom wasn't going through a good time. And, and so I just decided like, we gotta, I think we gotta move back. And so, um, I go, I, I moved from Washington DC, uh, to Lansing and, uh, you know, I'm telling people, where'd you go to law school? They're like, Oh, the Catholic university of America. Like, Oh, that's funny. Where'd you, where'd you really go? What's that? <laughs> What's that? That's like an I, actual place. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and like, so there's, it's not like there's an alumni network uh, of the Catholic University of America in Lansing, Michigan. I think I'm, there's like one other um, lawyer up in the Upper Peninsula and he wasn't helping. Uh, <laughs> it was hard to get a hold of him. Um, and so I basically had to start over. So I'm just like, I got to eat. So what, what, what are people doing all the time? Being stupid and getting arrested. So, uh, so I kind of just got, um, you know, where, where there was work. I just started doing that. and. I found that, that I was getting pretty good results and like people were, you know, referring me, referring their friends to me um, because apparently all, to succeed at, at criminal defense, all you got to do is show up when they pay you uh, and like return phone calls. That's the biggest key to success I can pass on. That's uh, a lot a of jobs. Uh, yeah. Way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just doing that and you know, I've done like, you know, like murder, all kinds of stuff. No, mm -hmm. I didn't do murder, but I've defended murderers. I, I thought I just caught you. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I hide in plain sight like that. It's a real, <laughs> um, alleged murderers anyway. And, um, uh, and then stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, so after a bunch of years and as I, you know, picked up doing comedy, um, I'm like, I don't really want to do something that, you know, makes my eye twitch, uh, 18 hours a day. So I like, what can I do? So, um, last year I was like, I, I, um, really wanted to transition into, um, like estate planning and stuff like that, which is kind of, you know, like wills and trusts and, mm -hmm. uh, boring stuff like that. Um, so that's boring kind of what I'm bad sometimes though. Exactly. Like after, you know, defending murderers and all kinds of shit like that, like it's, <clears throat> it's a welcome distraction to, to deal with, uh, with, you know, just boring stuff. So that's kind of what I've, I'm really focusing on the next, the, you know, the rest of my career until I pay off my student loans. Okay. And, uh, and then, then I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm gonna do after that, but I'm, after I get done uh, scream crying for about three days, I, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but yeah. Um, so in law school, do, what, do they just teach you 
like the basic law and then once you kind of choose a specific area like then then you kind of got to educate yourself because you said you wanted a criminal yeah. what what could you have done out of law school and yeah. then obviously you went to criminal what can, yep. you, can you talk about that so yeah i mean what i um so law school is at least the law school that i went to which is you know you know 15 years ago now it was focused on like this way of teaching where they're teaching this very specific thing like criminal law uh corporations wills and trusts um stuff like that and then you know then it's like you could take take some specific classes in you know like um sports law or like um, then yeah you get a focus then yeah you could focus on what you wanted to do um with that and my mind i i really wanted to i wanted to stay in dc and i wanted to get into one of my teachers was um a sports agent and i really wanted to do that that was like taking two of my favorite things and and doing that um he was the agent for Kwame Brown. I don't know if you remember that guy. Uh, Not a big sports guy, but I know okay. that name. Yeah. yeah. He was like 18 years old. And um, so he got drafted in the NBA. And so that, that's what I really wanted to do. And then, you know, it, there's not a lot of that in Michigan. So it's just kind of like, you know, I had to start over and figure out what it is mm-hmm. I wanted to do. The one thing that they don't teach you in law school, which they, I don't know if they do now, but I don't think that they are, is like how to be an entrepreneur. Like that's like, cause not everyone's going to work at a big law firm. That's the, um, you know, that was the big thing is like after your second, you know, at the end of your second year, a lot of people were, you know, figuring out where they're going to work. Um, and I got the clerk for a judge in, in DC. It was like, right. Um, in Lafayette, Lafayette Park, right by the White House, which is super cool. I got to walk by the White House every day, um, and you know, go to work and and do that. But some people get clerkships, and some people work for big law firms. And then I was just like, I'm, I, I gotta, I can't, I'm not staying here. So mm-hmm. I just gotta figure out what it is I'm gonna be able to do. Um, so then, but they don't really teach you because a lot of lawyers just start, you know, go on their own, and like, it's it's so I had to learn all about like, I've pretty much always worked on my own. I worked for a firm, um, for a while and the, the dude I worked for, um, one day I'm sitting in my office and I can hear him having sex with some woman in his office. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And, uh, so, I was just like, I don't know if this is the kind of firm I want to be at. It was kind of like uh, the uh, the firm that Matt Damon was in at the beginning of the Rainmaker. I don't know if you remember that. With uh, I, I didn't see that, but okay, yeah. okay. Uh, but yeah, he it made was, her it was a wild. partner, a sexual <laughs> partner. Come on, exactly. folks. I don't know what that means, but I think it works in that context. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, so then I just like I got to work on my own, and and so then I had to just learn how to start a business, and I had no idea how to do that, like because I didn't learn you know any of that in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's it's more focused on like you know practical law, like and like and rather than trial skills, even like they didn't they had that, but it wasn't like pushed, you know. Um, or other kinds of like writing. They didn't really push that a whole lot, but like a lot of being a, a lawyer is just like knowing how to write and be able to affect, you know, communicate effectively, which I'm not doing right now. Cause I had a couple of trulies. Uh, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> well, you're still at work by the way. You're, yeah, I am. Yeah. You're this at the time of this recording, this is uh 8 42 PM and you're mm-hmm. still at work. 
I, I appreciate you saying uh, PM and not AM. Uh, just well. so <laughs> uh, but yeah. Started early. Um, yeah, we did. Well, the the reason I I wanted to have you on for many reasons, but you know, there's yeah. so many. Every day there's a video online of somebody doing something. As far as like whether it be somebody getting arrested and they're filming, yeah. or and and I talked about this with you in the green room in Ann Arbor. But my yeah. my favorite guy of these types of videos is I don't know if you do remember it, but he's the uh, I don't answer questions guy. Oh my God! Yes. So yeah. to to, if, to put it in context for somebody that's never seen it, you could go to YouTube and just type in "I don't answer questions," and yep. it's a guy who somehow has gotten pulled over more times than <laughs> I have ever gotten pulled over in my life. Yeah. Right. And then then he you know the cop will come to the window. He'll crack his window, put his ID against the the window, and yep. then they'll be like, "So where are you headed?" And I'll be like, "I don't answer questions." Yep. Like everything I know. the cop says is I don't answer questions. Yeah. So like I, what I'm curious about is can that guy even do that kind of stuff? Well, first off, he's a white guy, so yeah, he can probably get away with it a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh so yeah, you you can. I mean, that it, this is this dovetails in a little bit into like some of my favorite group of people which is sovereign citizens, which are like people that think that they the laws don't apply to them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he is actually a smart version of that. Like, so <clears throat> if, when you have an encounter with the, with a police officer, um, I was always taught, I grew up in the country. I was always taught like, Hey, the police are there to help you. Like they, you know, just answer their questions, be nice. And you're going to be going your way. And I can tell you after 14 years of criminal defense that that is not how it goes. So mm-hmm. uh, do not do that whatsoever. They're trying to help um, you by, uh, keeping you uh, <laughs> yeah. below the speed limit and giving you a fine for that. Which... Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I haven't watched that video in a while, I don't answer questions, but I, I'm familiar with the idea of it. So the, what happens is that, like you said, he comes up to the window, the cop comes up to the window, roll down the window. I don't answer questions. Now it's, um, it's definitely, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. And, and the, the idea is that you do not want to give the police anything. You don't want to give them, and it's not even being disrespectful. It's just like, it should be like game respecting game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause the cops know that like, you shouldn't be talking to me. This is not how this should work, but it's a completely effective strategy. And it, it, it should work because a lot of times like with speeding tickets and stuff like that, people will just admit, yeah, I was going five or 10 over and then boom, there you go. Like that's, that's enough to get a ticket. Even if the cop didn't have his you know, radar on, if you, you admit to something like that's the biggest thing. And, and here's another thing that like, you know, if you, the flip side of, I don't answer questions is like, I'm going to incriminate myself basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what ends up happening is, is like people will come up, the cop will come up and is like, well, um, where are you, where are you, where are you headed to or whatever? Um, and then they're like, well, how much have you had to drink tonight? And people will say, um, that's a, that's a leading question. Number one, cause it presumes that you had you something to drink drinking, at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, from jump, he's not being fair to you. So like, uh, the, you know, so the answer should be, I'm not going to answer any questions and you, and you don't have to. Um, but people, cause I've watched so many you know, DUI videos. Um, and they just did, they'll just admit, yeah, I had a couple of drinks. Well, like shit, 
now he's got to get you out of the car. And yeah. like from, from then on, it's like, it's just, that's not going to end well. Once you're getting out of the car and, um, things are not going to go very well um because you're you're gonna they're gonna ask you to do field sobriety tests now i don't I'm, i'll just i don't know how what the law is in indiana or not but like in michigan um it's an implied consent state so what that means is like if a, an officer asks you to take a chemical test you have to take that chemical test um if you don't they can suspend your license um now the one on the side of the road, they don't tell you this, uh, you don't have to take that one. Um, and there's really the only consequence of that is a fine and they can't pull your license, but like, so that's only they, if you're like in, in custody and you're like, I don't want to yeah. do this. Then you could get suspended. But on the side of the road, yep. the yeah, worst, you don't have to do fine. Yeah. See, that's, a, yeah. that's what I'm talking to you about. Cause it's like, yeah. nobody ever teaches you this stuff. Right. Right. And, and honestly, they, they don't teach you that in law school either, which is, is, um, like I got this book, it's on my shelf over there. Uh, it's like um, street law. It's basically what it is. And what it does is it, it breaks down um, how you should deal with uh, or advise people how you should deal with certain encounters like that. Like the, the don't answer question. I don't answer questions guy. That's a brilliant strategy. Um, you know, and it may super annoy the police, mm -hmm. but if you didn't do anything wrong, you know, it may add a, you know, a little bit of time to your stop, but you, you know, you're not going to admit anything and you're not going to, you know, um, you know, get in any trouble for something you didn't do that he's going to talk you into. So do you, um, do you think like, you know, if that, I think there's a, there's a happy medium between I don't answer questions yeah. and here's what I've been doing illegal. Like, yeah. Should you just like, if the cops like, where are you going? Should, should you just say work? I, I would, um, well, cause then he's going to ask you where, where'd you work and everything. Yeah. And just, I, the way, what I tell people, especially like in, in situations like that, where police are asking you questions, just like respectfully, you know, I know you got a job to do, but I'm just, I'm not going to answer any of your questions mm -hmm. without a lawyer being present. Um, and there you go. Um, so, and then, you know, most, do you think most cops are going to be combative with that or they're, they're, cause there are those other types of videos where, you know, the cop is in somebody's face and then yeah. it comes out that the guy filming is like, I'm a lawyer. And then right. there's, they always kind of like back away, you know, the ones I've seen. So, I, I, like, yeah, I think, I think there's, I think you're right. I, I think that there's a, there's a way and the way I phrased that probably wasn't the most easiest thing, but you could just, well, where are you coming? Uh, where are you coming from? Like, Ab, you know, I, I don't want to, don't really want to talk to you about that. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, it just, there's a way to do it the middle ground between like, I don't answer questions. And like, like you said, um, I committed this double murder on the other side of town. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's hard to do because, you know, cause you want to be have polite. That, with absolutely. Somebody. It's always like when you see those videos and they're like, you can't do nothing to me. And like, yeah. nobody responds, whatever their job is, nobody responds well to being yelled at. Absolutely. And, and, I I've seen enough of those videos to know Well, and, and also the law is like at a certain point, <clears throat> like if the, I don't answer questions guy, if the, if the, just let's say that that was in Michigan at least. So if that happened in Michigan and the officer says, um, I want you to step out of the car kind of a thing. And the guy goes, no, I'm not doing that. That could be a felony. Um, depending on, what he saw you do, um, different things like that. 
that in itself is a felony in the state of Michigan. If you don't, if an officer gives you a command and it was a lawful command, um, and you don't do it, that's a felony. And like, so like the, I don't answer questions guys got to know if there's a difference between I'm going to flex my rights and I'm going to flex them and not go to jail kind of a thing, you know? So, and I, and you, I, I've seen, I, I saw a video one time where this lady was like, started it the way that, um, you know, I don't answer questions and, and, you know, that kind of thing and ends with, uh, officer whipping out that baton thing and smashing the window and dragging her ass out of the, out of the mm-hmm. car because all she had to do was like, just get, you know, get out of the car, step out of the car. And, um, it was for speeding for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's in, because she was just so agitated and it led to this whole thing where then she's getting dragged out of the car and she's charged with a felony. And like, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I get, I get this the, yeah. case by case base essentially by yeah by state is there like a good source for somebody to go to that you kind of know of besides yeah. talking to you <laughs> like a boy um, you know yeah there is a oh uh, the aclu is one um okay. they have good they have good videos um there's another one flex your, i think it's called flex your rights actually okay um and there's a good series of videos and they're they're like boring they're not really well acted but there's good there's good uh there's good content in there um where you can kind of learn like what to do in certain situations mm-hmm. um and uh i'm actually like you know I, i'm i'm working on writing like uh a book like that but it's more it's funnier than kind like of the, the, this easy accessible yeah less jargon type thing right which right i think that's what people need yeah right now I, is that kind of thing. i know i know like how to survive an encounter with the police i mean that mm-hmm. that's um that's you know things like um and again like i was raised like you just do what the police do what, what, the, what they want you to do and you if, know like you, you should just comply yeah, it just be a lot you, easier. Sometimes you see videos and you're like, "God damn!" Like, yeah, yeah, I know they're gonna get you either way. Like, it's it's not like, you know. So, um, so sometimes you know, like if the police come to your house and they're like, "We we'd like to see, we'd like to search your basement." Like, well, where do you have a warrant? Like, mm-hmm. no. Uh, and you know, sometimes if you said no, they're probably just going to go back to their car and be like, shit, and then leave, you know? Um, But, like, just kind of that fine line between, like, you know, knowing how to read a situation, maybe, like we were talking about earlier. Like, how, you know, if you didn't do anything wrong, well, the the argument is, like, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, then what's the problem? Mm -hmm. And, and like, to a certain extent, sometimes we, we, I think we have to take a stand on some of this stuff because it just erodes our rights to the point where it just doesn't make any, you know, doesn't make any sense. But then at the same time, you don't want to be that guy. Like I know my rights when you're yelling at being dragged to a control. Because, you know, if you're yelling, I know my rights, you probably don't know. What That's, they are. Yeah. I've said that before. It's like, usually the people that say that are yeah. don't know a lot of things besides mm-hmm. rights, you know? Yeah. So like with, you know, if they, the cops say that, you know, I can, we want to look in your house or we want to search your car. Maybe those are yep. two, different answers for you but what what's yeah. the what's the kind of uh protocol let's say you get yeah. pulled over so you know we kind of went over it but what what should yeah. you do well the first thing being prepared before you 
get stopped is the first first thing that I would say. So I um and I wasn't always good at this, and I I I think I've lost track of where my where my insurance and everything is, but keeping it in a very accessible place that's wide open to where they can see you. Right. So, um, because if you're, you, you know, especially at night, um, if you're on the side of the road, they're going to be shining a light everywhere and anywhere that they see can see in the car is what we can call it in plain view. So like mm -hmm. if they can see in, they can use their light, they can do all that kind of stuff. If you got stuff, you know, like, I don't know, you know, what's, you know, you don't want people to see your business, just have it above the, you know, the, the visor thing and you just have it hand it to them. That's one last thing that they can have an intrusion. You just hand, you be able to hand that stuff over to them. Bam. Because, um, trying to justify them by saying, Oh, he's fumbling around mm -hmm. for his stuff. That's, that can be a, a basis to, to take a very simple uh, traffic stop and, and expand it into a potential DUI investigation. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff you don't, you know, you, it's yeah. I mean, cause we just, unless you're testing, like if you had a, a you know, a, I don't advise people drinking, um, yeah, you know, and then sure. driving. <laughs> um, uh, but, but some people make bad decisions sometimes and you don't know where you're going to be at. And you're mm -hmm. just, you're trying to eliminate as much information that they're going to have to be able to stop and arrest you. So like, you know, the, um, the example of like when they come up, have your stuff ready to go already. You got it ready to go. Um, you know, uh, the other thing is just, you know, not volunteering information that's mm -hmm. not, um, you know, pertinent to anything like, um, what, you know, what and, if they want to, uh, you know, same thing with your house. I want to, yeah. you know, just what you, what you said, I want to, you know, do yeah. you have a warrant type thing. Yeah. Did, um, yeah, that's a good question. So like, do you mind if I search your car? Um, yeah, I would mind. Um, and mm -hmm. because, um, you know, if he's, if they smell, you know, if they smell marijuana and things like that, that can give them probable cause to search the vehicle anyway. Mm -hmm. If they're asking you, it, chances are they might not have what they need and they're just fishing for something. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so you just politely saying, you know, no, I, I, unless you have a warrant, I, I, I don't, I'd like to get on my way. And um, what if know. they're like, oh, well, then we'll wait for a warrant type thing. Cause I've, I've seen yeah. that in movies and TV shows. Is yep. that even a likely scenario? It, it can be. Um, I, it kind of depends on the jurisdiction, like how much they got going on, you know? Um, and if, if you've, let me put it to you this way. If, if they, if they're going to find something, if there's something in the car, there, there comes a point in this where it might behoove you uh, to maybe cooperate mm -hmm. and because they may find it anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's a judgment call. Um, and, and that's a case by case kind of a basis, but you know, if it, if it comes to the point where they're just searching the car without your, they don't necessarily have to have consent to search the car. There's, you know, there's different things they can ask for it. And then that's another um, exception to the warrant requirement if you give them consent. Mm -hmm. So generally speaking, don't ever give consent to search uh, without a warrant. I mean, and then you're not really giving consent if they have a warrant because then they already have a warrant. So mm -hmm. there's no need for that. So, Generally speaking, one, um, have your stuff ready to go and be able to hand to them. Two, if they ask you for consent to search, say no. Um, mm -hmm. And 
three, if they give you an order, if they, um, if they say, I want you to step out of the car, um, would you follow me back here? Yeah, you, you probably should do that because then you, you don't want to take something that could be, you know, um, you know, a warning or something like that and turn it into a felony because mm -hmm. I've seen that before. And that's just, yeah, it's, it's not, um, it's difficult to, difficult to do and to, you know, to, to beat sometimes because, it's, it's hard. It's, it's sometimes it's going to be your word versus the, the officers. A lot more jurisdictions have body cam body cameras. Um, yeah. I think not, Indianapolis here, we don't, we're supposed to get them, but now whoa, we don't. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are there in car cameras? I think so. Yes. Okay. Dash cams, but I don't think at right now they don't have the, you know, the body. The actual cams body. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if, if you're a dirty cop, uh, you really know how to manipulate that. Um, mm -hmm. that's, and I've seen that before. And, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, you know, other things too, like, um, let's see, we talked about the house, uh, your car. What about, um, um, you know, there's so many videos of people just standing back and filming. What yeah. are you, you know, what should yeah. you do if, you, you know, somebody, uh, I'm, I'm just looking because this, we're supposed to go till nine and it's nine now. So, okay. uh, no, 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 I, th I think we're good, but, um, okay. Uh, if you're filming from far away, what, yep. what should you do there? Um, as long as you're not interfering with, um, what they're doing, then mm -hmm. you have, uh, you know, a right to film and, and to film that. And I would encourage, um, you to record any encounters that you have with the police. They can't, um, stop you from doing that. Um, cause that's the thing you see, like, yeah, you know, there's a, they'll say there's a new law. Where you oh yeah, and then the guy's that. like, "Oh, I'm a lawyer." Then you know that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. I saw that one. I, I I know which one you're talking about. The guy and the guy was like, "I." He was just in plain clothes, and he was like, "Don't you work in such and such court?" He's like, "Yeah," and it was like, "I was just there like a week ago." He's talking to the sergeant when the guy showed up, mm -hmm. and ends up diffusing the situation. But yeah, you can always record those encounters. There's a an app that I think the ACLU has that if once you record it, um it doesn't just save it on the phone. It sends it directly to a server. Yeah. So because kind of the other bullshit thing that they, they started doing is, is taking your phone and then deleting that stuff. Um, what if so, they say, can I look at your phone? No, not without yeah. a warrant. Um, there, there are exceptions to that. Once they, if they inventory certain things, they can, um, they can't necessarily search, the phone, but they could seize it. And then if they mm -hmm. seize it, you know, it's, it's, it may be easier for them to, to, you know, delete that shit. But, um, that's, that's kind of, yeah, definitely do not give them permission yeah, to sure. your phone. Yeah. Um, any other, you know, stuff that's going on, I want to talk about some, you know, cases that you've had, if you want to, yeah. you don't have to name names. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. That's how I want to wrap it up. But anything yeah. that you think is pertinent to society these days with any, you know, dealing with the cops or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that um, in watching all of these encounters and seeing all of protests and everything that's being brought to light with this, um, you, as a person being pulled over, you have to be more in control of your emotions than the officer is. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's difficult because um, it's a, um, it's a, it's a 
fight or flight kind of a moment. Like you are, um, you feel your, your security, you're feeling like, you know, are, am I free to leave? That's another question too. You always want to make, you always want to ask that question is like, am I free to leave? Am I being and, detained? Am I, think I being detained? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah. answer questions. What's say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, that's another, but you have to be in control and, and be more calm than an officer because I, I, you just see these things, these cases where a guy gets tased, at, you know, on a, a routine traffic stop for speeding by an officer. It's just like, what is, what's happening? Like, this mm-hmm. is insane. Um, and, and that's where the interplay of like being able to flex your rights a little bit, but then having some common sense, like, Hey, I don't want to get tased. Um, and I'm recording this and this is probably going to be on a body camera and, um, you know, an in-car camera. And so it's just like trying to, you have to be more in control than the officer is. And that's sad. I, I, you know, that's just a real messed up situation. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, this is, will be a a fun thing because you're kind of like a priest. You can talk about confession, but you can't name names. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you, you said you did criminal law for, for a long time. You know, what yeah. are some of the weirdest things? Because, you know, I, you've defended people that you're like, I don't, you know, I, yeah. I know this guy did it, but this is my job, you know? It, honestly, like, having done this, it's like one of those things where doing criminal defense work, it's like one of those jobs where you are, when you're, you're so close to it that sometimes you don't realize what you're doing um, and, like, what effect you're having. Because, like, I I would argue that being a criminal defense lawyer is probably one of the most difficult things, uh, professions, um, and that you can have, I mean, you know, other than like, you know, brain surgeon and shit like that, but like, like this is so difficult because like there are people that I don't like whatsoever. I, as a person, I don't find them to be good people. I don't like them. I wouldn't have a beer with them. I wouldn't run them around my kid. I wouldn't, but I have a job to do. And you know, my job depends on me setting aside everything that I know, or, you know, I've heard, or this person's told me, and I have to defend them as if, um, I'm not, I don't, you know, as I'm completely neutral. And another tool that you get from comedy and vice versa. I hate this yeah, audience. But exactly. I'm here to do this job. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's such a, um, it, it, and that's hard. It's really, I've had cases where people have, um, said just the nastiest shit about me and like, it and really, you're the guy helping them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. And you see so much undiagnosed mental illness, um, doing it, doing criminal defense and comedy. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, um, so like you, you're doing this, this job and you just have to set aside all of that stuff and, and try and, you know, try and do what's best for this person, even though what they're doing is making the situation worse like mm-hmm. it's, it's the it can, advice you just gave of you got to be absolutely. more emotional less emotional than yeah, the cop i know um like what this you're asking me like some specifics so one of the um i had this one case that guy was charged with murder and um so i got this is when i was doing um 
uh, public defender kind of work where you're right. You so that's know. kind of you get who you get, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's what I, that's what I tell my kid. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so like I, I get assigned is, this is, case. Is that yeah, advice to take the public defender? Cause you're just getting anybody, you know, you hope right. that the guy is passionate about you, your yeah. case, you know, yeah. obviously and, you, you want, if you can choose, choose the guy you want. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to right. I, that's why I like, now I don't do that anymore. Like mm-hmm. I can kind of choose who, who my clients are with criminal defense, but like, so I was like the second or third lawyer on this guy's case and he was in a gang, um, from Chicago and had come up to Lansing. Um, and it became quite apparent through my conversations with this gentleman that uh, um, he's been found guilty. So he went to trial. Uh, long story short, uh, I'll, I'll tell, I'll get, we'll go back to it, but he's been found guilty and he's spending the rest of his life in prison without parole. So during the course of me representing him, we, we go to try. He's charged with with uh, felony murder, which uh, this that's is kind of an appeal already, right? No. So this was this was at trial. So okay. Okay. He, he he had gone through lawyers before we got to he before he got to me before trial. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is is like so I, I take his case over, and there were five other people that were involved in this uh, robbery that turned into a a, a murder. It was uh, they were robbing a drug dealer and end up killing a drug dealer and four of the other people um five total i'm sorry five total one of my client was the one of the four total whatever five total four other people had confessed mm-hmm. and said my guy was there so of the five people that were there four had put my guy there and said that he was involved in it and then so he he decides so at that point felony murder was was the charge and that's life without parole in michigan so um they came to me and they were like, here's a plea offer. So I have to go take that um, to my client. And he's like, the plea offer is, is that we'll take life without parole off the table and he'll do uh, 25. Um, and it was a pretty, you know, brutal murder. And I mean, so to the, me, if I'm facing life without parole versus 25 yeah. years, it sounds like a fair deal to me. Yeah. And if you, if there were four other guys that were there confessed that you were there. So I take that to him and I think his words were, uh, fuck you whitey. And, and then, so that was, that was, uh, that was an interesting conversation. He was also a white guy, right? Yeah. Totally white guy. Uh, um, so then we, um, we end up going to trial and we get to the second, second day of trial and the prosecutor made a, like a pretty big, mistake uh during the course of the trial and asked this question that i had um filed a motion to make sure that they were not going to bring up other alleged murders of my client um so this guy brought this up he's like did you he asked one of the witnesses did you hear that so-and-so murdered someone else and i'm like whoa which i don't i don't have any law degree but i'm like i don't think you can do that right yeah so i like came unglued and by that point we were like in day two of the trial and like so we had to have a mistrial. So we had to start the whole thing over again. And it was, it took forever to pick a jury. And so I was just like pissed. I was exhausted and tired. So as we're, we're going to, um, moving towards the second trial, like a couple months later, I go to see the guy and they had made him another offer, which was like getting it down to like 15 without 
parole because I, I during the Turns course out of the, he was smarter than we thought. <laughs> yeah, I know he held out, and because uh, I, what ended up happening is like during the part of the trial that we did have, I was able to poke some holes in kind of some of the stuff that they had. I mean, I didn't have shit to work with, but like I was yeah. able to like cross examine some of these witnesses. Um, and I take that to him and he's like, you know, fuck you. And like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill the judge. I'm going to kill every motherfucker that's involved in this case. And, uh, and no one had ever threatened my life before. And, uh, so I, I was like, like, that was a weird day after that. I don't know. That was, um, and, well, especially so, somebody that you're trying to help. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And so at that point, I'm like, I have to withdraw from this case. Uh, I'm kind of concerned. He's, he, oh, the other thing too, I forgot. To, so he, when he said he was going to kill me, he goes, I know exactly where you live. And he knew my home address somehow. I had no idea Jeez. how he knew that. I was like, holy shit. And at this and, point, he's free, right? He's not in no, jail. No, he's in, he is in jail. Okay. And well, he had, that's worse where he knows where you live. Yeah. He's in jail. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh shit. Um, so I, I was like, do I stay in this case? Do I not? And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Um, so the interesting interplay of it is like, I can't necessarily say anything because, um, there, there's a gray area in that. I had to do a lot of research after I calmed down. Uh, and, and I was like, so I just basically had to make a, a, a request to withdraw from that case. And I got off of that case. Um, and then he got some other lawyer, and then they they found him guilty. Uh, what yeah. what deal did he get then? Do you know? He, he life without parole. Yeah, he's dude. Like yeah, I know. And it's it's at some point it's like as I talk with this guy more and more and got to know him, it's like sometime uh, at some point I was like I think he may want to go to prison for life because mm -hmm. I think it may just be easier for him because he spent his entire life in prison um, all the way from he was like. 14 years old he went to like actual prison mm -hmm. um and got out and just just doing stuff you know all kinds of crazy shit and so yeah it was just like one of those things where um people like do that suicide by cop kind of a thing where yeah. like they don't want to like end their life themselves but they want to be in that position where someone's taking their life from them i guess mm -hmm. you know i don't know it's like a yeah that kind of where the cha the choice is not made you know it, for him yeah exactly he did exactly yep yeah so any that was, other weird because that's a crazy one but any other um, i'm sure you've had plenty and i, I think I, you know, <laughs> i'd like to have you back on the show so yeah 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 um you know just like weird shit, like people have asked me for my piss uh a lot like having to take a drug test like people are like hey can you you know can you give me some piss i gotta take this test i'm like no i don't want to do that like that's weird I, like, where you like you know yeah. that's like studying on in the way to the classroom <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly yeah how, yeah how, how do you not have any piss by now <laughs> yeah and and also like i'm like dude um you don't know what i do outside of here i like to smoke weed like you're, yeah. you're gonna have weed and you're fucking pissed dude. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad that's bad all the way around for everybody so yeah i'm not have doing you that. heard stories of lawyers being like yeah sure yeah. And even, even more than that, there was a guy, um, I heard of a few years ago that went, had a client in prison and, um, smuggled drugs into the prison and gave it to the client. Um, and they found him and he is not a lawyer anymore. So wow, he's, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was messed up. What a um, weird thing to risk your life and career for. I know, I know it's, um, yeah. 
I mean, lawyers get get a lot of you know bad press, but a lot of it is self inflicted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's with any profession, sometimes you're like, "Well, what was he doing?" You know? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, anything that you'd like to close on? Cause I'd like to have you back on because I think this yeah. is a fun discussion. I don't think it's going to go away um, anytime soon, unfortunately. <laughs> do you um do you mind if I plug my podcast? Yeah, I was going to say you should oh, plug yeah, yeah. whatever you like. Okay, cool. So um. One thing that I, I really like doing is a buddy of mine, um, buddy of mine, uh, Lou Michael, he's a fellow comedian and we do a podcast. It's called free consultation mm-hmm. and it's on, um, you know, everything, all the different, and it's, pretty, it's kind of like what you and I just did. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, I used to and, run the, the soundboard for a lawyer in college who oh, cool. would do that kind of show where it'd be like, you call in and somebody yeah. would say their thing and he would do that so that yeah I, yeah that kind of thing. yes and and what we do is we have like legal cycle like today we just we um we rewrote the first 10 amendments to the constitution and like just try and have an updated take on it so that was kind of fun yeah um and then we um because like who better than two white guys to rewrite the constitution <laughs> yeah oh <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and then um then so and then at the end we we answer these um, so there's this message board where people can ask free lawyers uh, questions mm-hmm. and so what I do is like I just find the crazy ass ones and we answer those and it's 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 fun to kind of interact with to to figure out what they're asking and uh, it just the craziest. And what's like, that show? Yeah. You, what's what's your show called again? Uh, free consultation. Free consultation, and then you've yep. done some video stuff which is kind of how yeah. I got the idea for that. You want to talk about yeah. that a little bit? Yeah. So that's on my YouTube channel. Um, just uh, Nick Leidorf, L E Y D O R F. And mm-hmm. what, what that one is, is that's basically just like taking one email, um, kind of expounding on it a little bit and then just cutting it together in like a three minute, um, you know, kind of digestible a mini version uh, of free consultation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, you know, if anybody needs a will, um, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, for know. sure. Yeah, for sure. If you need a will, uh, let me know. The great thing about doing wills and trusts and stuff is like, if I fuck it up, the person's dead. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's quite the selling point. <laughs> so call me. Uh, no, anyway. the, um, the big hitter. I don't remember what we said. The, <laughs> the heavy hitter. Yeah. Heavy hitter. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, and then Instagram is just uh, at comedian at law. So, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. I appreciate you yeah, coming it's on. Yeah, awesome. And- you know, because this is always stuff that I was like, can can that guy do that type stuff? Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, anytime, man. This is great. Well, cool. Uh, the show is free consultation. Uh, check out uh, Nick's YouTube and Instagram. Uh, was a comedian at law. Yep. Cool. Thanks yeah. for being on the show, man. Thanks so much, Brent. Mark and Craig, Pop Brothers at Law. We've been warning people, if you are working for an unlicensed dispensary, an illegal dispensary, and it gets raided, you need to shut the fuck up. If you shut the fuck up, you have a good, good chance that we can make the case go away. Case in point, three employees of an illegal shop were busted during a raid. Two of them said, oh, I'm just volunteering here. The third guy shut the fuck up. And the DA did not prosecute the guy who shut the fuck up. They can't prove what you were doing there. If you're a customer, patient, walked in to go to the bathroom, they don't know. you got to shut the fuck up, and it's shut the fuck up Friday. So review the script. What do you say when the cop first pulls you over? Why'd you pull me over? And when he keeps asking questions? Not discussing my day. And they ask more questions? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? You shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up Friday. Never.
answer questions when the cops ask. Have safe holidays. Tip of the day.